What movie did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Late Night, starring Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. Yep, those are the people that were in it. Oh, we watched it. We watched it last night, so full disclaimer, I was in the brain fog space. It could have been any movie, who knows? It could have been any movie. Let's see if I can put my thoughts together. I wrote lots of notes. Okay. I didn't write that many notes. It just looks like a lot, except a lot of spaces between them. Oh, okay. I didn't have... What did you think? What did I think? Um... I was disappointed. <laughs> I wanted it to be a lot better. I also wanted it to be better. It was. I I haven't seen much of Mindy Kaling's work. I never watched. Yeah, the Mindy I never Project, watched the Mindy Project. So I don't have a sense for her, um, like humor. Yeah. Or or well, because she wrote this. Right. Yeah, she didn't right. direct it. Somebody else directed it. Yes. But she wrote it. She wrote no it. No kitty. Don't push that over. I'm going to push it over. Yeah. Put that on the ground. Um, who directed it? Do you know? I'm going to look yes. it up. Yes. It's Nisha something. Okay. I Nisha something. Nisha Ganatra. Uh, does she have a lot of experience directing other things? I, I don't know. I'm looking at I'm this looking as you're okay. looking at this. Nisha this... Ganatra has... Let's see. Filmography. Yes. Uh, mostly TV. That's interesting. Oh, okay. So, Last Man on Earth, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Love, Future Man, Great News, Fresh Off the Boat, lots of TV sitcom. Mm-hmm. One one episode of The Mindy Project, three episodes of Transparent. Oh, that uh, is a lot of TV. Yeah, lots of experience. lots of like uh, um, TV movies on her, like the Cheetah Girls. Yeah. One World, um, Center Stage, On Point. I don't think that was a TV movie, but that's like the sixth sequel. To, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and I'll be honest, it, it, it felt a little TV movie-ish. This is what I felt. Yeah? Um, in my fog of brain, mm-hmm. um, I felt while watching it. And this is a case, I don't know if this is the movie or this is me, like, I was missing huge chunks of story transition into place in place. I felt like Mindy Kaling's character came into things, um, the char- it almost felt like the character came in knowing the perfect thing to say every time. Yes. And I felt like I was missing some build up to that. I was missing the, the transitions between... <laughs> kind of plot emotional points. Y- yes, you were missing them. I don't know that that was brain. Thing. That was just. Yeah. I think it was just lacking in a lot of those things. Yeah, I ended up not really caring about any of the characters. Yeah. Well, one of the first things I wrote down when we when we first see uh, Catherine, played by Emma Thompson, and I mean everything. Emma Thompson does is great because she's Emma Thompson. So, yes. like, she brought a lot to a role that didn't have a lot yes. in it. Um, just because I don't think it was super well written. Because one of the first questions that I kind of asked it was literally when I was uh, she was firing a guy. We sort of first get introduced to her in her work environment, and this guy asks for a raise, and that whole scene was very cliche all around. Like, she she fired this guy for being this sort of cliche of, like, man asking for things he doesn't want or doesn't deserve, while also kind of fitting this other cliche of, like, 
I don't want to say feminist because I don't feel like that's what it was, but like a straw feminist almost of like man hating. I, I don't know. And literally I wrote down like, why is she like this? Like, I think that's a question that the movie's trying to answer. Yeah. It was almost like, I didn't know if it was going and going to go into the theme of like how we read women doing these sorts of mm-hmm. things versus how we do men being that kind of like just rude, yeah. uncaring, mm-hmm. um, demanding. So I thought maybe it was going to go in that, but it didn't really feel like what if a woman is doing that? It was no. just like this is kind of an unlikable, yeah, character person, yeah. Um, um, and, the, and the movie doesn't ever really answer like how did we get from what she was like at the start of her career? Like we see those clips of her doing stand up from twenty years ago or whatever. In contrast to how she is now but we don't ever get like an understanding of like how did she become like this why did she become like this Uh, Felicity's attacking my hands that I used to talk with I talk with my hands a lot and she wants to attack let's get a ribbon stick Um, and so like I I thought that was going to be sort of the question of like what you know why is she like this what happened what happened to like this uh, this groundbreaking comedian who was obviously groundbreaking in the sense that she got this late night show. Um, Cause we still, yeah. with, with, yeah. with like, even in 2019, like the movie, the year this movie came out or the year before when this movie came out, there were no women in late night. Right. Um, the only woman who ever had her own late night show on network television that I could remember was Joan Rivers. Right. Had a, had the Joan Rivers show. Famous firing. Yes. Um, and that whole thing, like, it's it's an interesting story. It ruined her relationship with Johnny Carson. Yeah. Um, and then didn't succeed at all for who knows why reasons. Well, and just in the last month or so, we've had L- Lily Singh come yes. on. And I saw a lot of press around the uh, opening of the show. I haven't watched any of it, mm-hmm. but I've seen zero things. Since it since, started. Since it started. Yeah. Um, and some of that could just be new show. Like it, it yeah. takes a little while to get into into the the swing of things and get that growth. But she's also in a late late show slot, right. so she is she's not alongside Jimmy Kimmel or it's not your prime late night spot. Yeah, or uh, Colbert was the other one I was thinking mm-hmm. of, or Jimmy mm-hmm. Fallon yeah. of the Tonight Show, which this show felt very much like it was. The Tonight Show. Like, that. that's... I mean, I think it was called Tonight. Yeah. Um, but it felt like that's the one they were trying to ape or trying to... Oh, I thought it was Letterman. Oh, really? Late Night. That's interesting. Just, like, the colors and yeah. it's called Late Night. The movie is called Late Night. That's true. But, but the show is called Tonight, so I was reading it as The Tonight Show. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so one of the big questions that I had after, you know, they're, they're kind of... Um, they're telling her her guests are boring. Her yes. guests were Doris Kearns Goodwin and yeah. Diane Feinstein. And I'm like, good lord. <laughs> how in the world did she get a show like this and have like the first of all, like I I those those are like amazing yeah. women guests <laughs> to have on a, a show, but how did she get a show? In the first place, to have <laughs> to have like, these people on to it. have those those types yeah of guests, since we know 
this is a, this is almost like an impossible to yes. have a woman hosting late night. Yes. And she had been there for like 20 years. Yeah. So, um, so I thought maybe they were going to explore that a little bit. And they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's important. It's important to meet the movie where it's at. Yes. And what they are trying to do. Can I, um, can I tell you my theory of what they were trying to do? Okay. This is a romantic comedy. Ooh. Ooh. I had that realization. Ooh, fail. Well, uh, it's a romantic comedy fail. Well, no, it's it's the structure of a romantic comedy. Oh. So it's not a romantic comedy between, like, Mindy and Seven or anything. Oh, okay. It's a romantic comedy between Molly, Mindy Kaling's character, and Catherine, Emma Thompson's character. Oh. It is the structure of a romantic comedy. I had this realization. This is the tortured metaphor I was thinking about. Okay. Um, like, look at this in context of something like Two Weeks Notice, which is another workplace comedy, obviously a stronger romantic angle, but, you know, there's, it's, it's very much around this work relationship between these two people who have different perspectives. You know, a new person comes in and, like, shakes everything up. And they learn about themselves and move forward onto a new chapter of their life. Like, bad boss yeah. learns why they're a bad boss. Like, all of those beats very much felt like a romantic comedy. Minus the romance. Like, there was a romantic subplot that I did not care at all about. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what it reminded me of that's... a lot of ways. I would have dug that. It wasn't like, funny enough? No, it wasn't funny. <laughs> and I don't know if it was... It wasn't funny because it wasn't trying to be a comedy. Or if it just... The jokes weren't landing. There were times I laughed. I laughed at a couple times. But... It didn't blow me away. It didn't... It, it was not working the way that it all came together. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was my tortured metaphor. And then Mindy Kaling, in her sort of poor characterization... <laughs> was almost like a manic pixie dream girl character. Yes. Not manic, but... She's just perfect all the time. Yes. Like, she fits that trope in really interesting ways. And also, really... This is the other question that's bothering me, but really, how did she get that job? Because this is another problem in Late Night of having people of color, Mm -hmm. women, women of color on writing staffs. So this is an all-white male writing staff... And she gets it by winning an essay contest to speak to the CEO, and she ends up... Which got her somehow to the like, interview. To the interview with no writing experience. And yeah. that's like... The... And she literally got hired because she was a woman. Like, that yeah, is in the text it, it, of the it movie. Was very, it, <laughs> it was presented as, like, the worst kind of diversity hire, which they addressed several times mm-hmm. Um she responds to being accused of, of being a diversity hire. And, yeah, but, but she was? But she was, and to me, I mean, that starts making it look bad yeah. for the, the people who are working their butts off yeah. to get um, their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And, and they contrast it against, like, the nepotism hire of, yeah. like, this guy's brother trying to get the job. And, like, that's also not great, but, yeah. like... This did not challenge the idea of a diversity hire in any particular way. 
because right. Emma Thompson's character was like, hire a woman. And literally they hired the first woman that walked in. And it turns out she's great at comedy writing. Because she's a manic pixie and dream girl. not <laughs> with no experience of, of comedy writing. I mean, Mindy Kaling. Yes, so, Mindy Kaling actor, writer, has lots has of experience. Lots of it, but, but, but the, the character, character doesn't. And the character writes no. one joke in the entire movie. That we see. That we see. Well, Eventually that, she gets to work on yeah. the, the monologue. But that, that again... In my, my when I had this realization of it's a romantic comedy, this movie treats working at a comedy show the same way most romantic comedies treat whatever careers these people have. In that, like, we've got a big presentation coming up, and we're going to wow their socks off, and we're going to work real hard, and we're going to solve all of our problems by doing one great big gesture, which I'm sure anyone in like advertising or whatever any of the other jobs that are portrayed in rom-coms are, everyone's like, that's not how any of this works. Mm -hmm. This felt like that towards making a TV show. <laughs> in a lot of ways. But then I think, like, that just makes me think of a querying of it, too. And how they really doubled down on heterosexuality mm -hmm. then because Emma Thompson has a husband. Yes. Um, Molly, Mindy Kaling's character, has several male love interests. Mm -hmm. um, There's more than one? I, I couldn't tell the well, writers was, apart. I know. <laughs> All the white guys look they did the a, same. They did a real good job of casting a group of same-looking white dudes. Yeah, the, no, they were two different writers that she had a relationship <laughs> with during the course of the film. Okay, that's bad that I didn't <laughs> notice that. <laughs> So, um, but I don't know that me because this whole film, I was like, I was so digging, uh, Catherine Newberry's like style. It's like yeah. kind of this maybe soft butch. She's mm -hmm. wearing these really nice pants. A little suits bit of with, like Bowie influence. Yeah. With these like, um, bedazzled, but not in a cheap gaudy way. Sneakers. Yeah. I love, like, the short hair. Yeah, the, um, just short, severe haircuts that yeah. look real good on her. And, the, yeah, yeah, that has a little, like, volume. Mm -hmm. It looks a little punky. Mm -hmm. And I was really, like, I was really digging that. And when, like, there was, um, but I was getting kind of, like, also, I don't know, wondering about the queerness that yeah. might be, because it's not... You don't see a lot of heterosexual women mm -hmm. dressing. Yeah, I could... Not that I'm trying to judge anybody on how they dress <laughs> and how that reflects their no, sexuality. But I was, I, I just kept running up against so, how they were doubling down on these heterosexual yes. relationships. And this, like, really, like, gender-bending costumes. Here's, just here's, how I, here's how I would read that in the context of this film if the film was better at making this point, which is that to be a successful woman in late night, she had to take on masculinity. Okay. So she's wearing suits. So she's got short hair. So she's doing this thing, but still trying to play in that space a little bit. Um, that does have a strong queer reading to it that the movie pretends doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and I, and that's if, if I was a costumer and that's what I came up with, that would be my reasoning for that, for this film. The movie doesn't do anything with that, I don't feel like. No. I feel like they struggle to, to turn that into a strong, like, carry-through meaning. But that's that's how I would read that choice, 
which is not a great reading. It's fine. It's very surface level of like a choice. But again, it just keeps asking me, the, it keeps bringing up the question, like, how did we get here? Like, how did this happen? None of which is answered by this movie. It's just sort of taken as a given that she was this amazing late night host and comedian. Um, and then now she's not. And she has boring, <sighs> strong women guests on as Yeah, <laughs> right? Well, her... that made me go like, I don't feel like most late night hosts have a whole lot of control over who their guests are. Right. Like it's, that's all handled by other people. Right. They're, they're always, they're going to be promoting something. Yeah. That's the reason yeah. that they're there. <laughs> like that's, that's 90% of what late night talk shows exist is for celebrities to come on and promote a thing. And the good ones can make you enjoy that in addition to it. Rather than, like, just seeing somebody promoting something. But those are all handled by publicists and, like... Not that they can't have some control, because I could, I could imagine a late night host going like, no, I'm not going to interview that person. I don't like them, and I hate them, and I don't want them on my show. And having some control over that. But, like, as far as day-to-day choosing who the guests are, that seems so below their responsibility. Yes. It also seems unbelievable to me that... Um... In the in the world of a film, she's being presented as this as a, as a feminist mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have any women writers. She has control over the guests, but not who's in the writers. I mean, she room. has she has con- complete control over who's in the writers. Right, room. we and see they, that. They wave that away by saying, "Well, you hate women." Like early on in the film, right? Which again, I was thought they were gonna maybe explore, like because that that mm. can be a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, because you see all other women as as competition as a mm-hmm. woman, and so you want to be the only, um, the, the only, only one. one in the room. Yeah, that was not explored. No, um, it could have been. It would have been interesting, <laughs> but we didn't see any of that. Or the kind of um, power struggle of being the woman boss, uh, where women often. I don't know. I don't know. I. Are getting there. I can't put the thought together. Yeah. But, like, it would have maybe worked better. Again, I, th- I think we're trying to save this movie because we both wanted to like it. Like, we were excited to watch it. Um, like, because the whole running a, a gag in the context of the film is that she doesn't know who any of her writers are. Right. And so that would have been interesting if she had backed so far away from the production of the show on a day to day that she'd given up all of that control and somebody else was making those decisions. And then, so that's why she like starts exercising some control and realizing that what's been going on, but that doesn't feel like what happens. Like she definitely felt checked out and people were like, you checked out, you weren't engaged in it. You just go up and read the cue cards and then you're done. Mm -hmm. Except for interviewing all again, all these like fascinating women. Yeah. Which is blown over. (laughs) Yeah, it really felt like to me something went wrong in the production of the film. Like, hmm. like someone along the line, whether it was in the editing or it was the film studio making changes, that things were getting shifted. I'm I'm trying to give Kaylee yeah. a lot of credit for mm-hmm. for script. Um, yeah. Felt defanged. Yes. Yeah. It felt like. Something big had been cut out yeah. along the way. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I 
I here's the thing I liked. I want I want to make sure we talk about things yeah. we like sometimes. Um, I appreciated that when Catherine came to the stand up charity event and tried to do some like off the cuff stand up, it just failed. Yeah, I loved that moment. Not because I don't think. You know, here's why I love it. I loved it because off the cuff stand up is incredibly hard, mm-hmm. and. So many times, I'm thinking of one show in particular here, we have a character who, like, falls into being hilarious every time she walks on stage. Aw, Mrs. Maisel. I love Mrs. Can't Maisel. Can't she just live in the perfect world? <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Maisel's she world is not real <laughs> in any number of ways. Right. It's, yeah, no, it's not based in reality. But at um, stretch. But it was nice, like, because I kind of expected her to walk on and, like, kill it and be yeah. like, yeah, I'm great. And she does kind of have that redemptive moment, sort of. But it's not through, like, telling jokes. It's about through being honest and things like that. Um, because it really, it it held true to the idea that stand-up is hard mm-hmm. <laughs> and takes work. And isn't something that, like, you can just get on stage and, like, off the cuff, go, rah, rah, rah. you have to, like practice that mm-hmm. even if even if you look at some of the the comedians that do a lot of improvisational work cameron esposito does a lot of imp- improvisational work eddie Izzard does a lot robin williams did a ton of improvisational work in his stand-up over the years but that was grounded in the practice of doing improvisational stand-up mm-hmm. rather than like just walking up on stage and being funny and having this like type five prepared um, so I, I appreciated they showed that that actually isn't how that works most of the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a good moment. I did the thing. I, I enjoyed the second half of the film more than the first half, mm. um, which is surprising because I was like, gradually becoming more in pain during yeah. the second half. But um, I, for whatever reason, the second half felt a little bit more tightly paced and a little bit more entertaining mm-hmm. to me. And I think that stand up part did happen. Yeah, in, in, that in was the in, the, in the second half. That was that was sort of again putting it into rom com tropes. Like that was the big decision point where, like, the characters finally see each other for who they are. But <laughs> I mean, is there a possibility of this could have been well? We, we, could it have been between Molly and Catherine that this rom com was happening? Like, is there a slash fiction? Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course, it, of course, there's a slash fiction. No, but, no, you could, but yes, that's but is, fan is, fiction, there, a, is but there a reading of that? Because I, I wonder. I, I I'm fascinated by what if this is a rom com between Molly and Catherine of Fall with actual and love. romance, right? Right. Yes. Without the that the would husbands. have been a fascinating film. Yeah, or even with the husbands, or even with the yeah. husbands. Yeah, you know, I'm not, <laughs> why am I moralizing extramarital? things but like that that would that's really fascinating to mm-hmm. me well because it's interesting because i i think and i think if i watched it again happened. it would have like it it nails so many of those expected moments and i don't know the language of rom-coms super well um i haven't studied them as much as i would like to and sort of like learned how they work but it had a lot of those moments like in the end when she's in her apartment watching the the moment where Catherine's like, no, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stick around. And it's mm-hmm. like that. That's like uh, running to the airport. It's exactly what that's like. It's, it's declare those your moments. Love. And it's structured like that. And it was presented like one of those minus any possibility of romance. Right. Because it was, it was, it was, 
uh, I mean, may, uh, maybe to say not grounded in heterosexuality mm-hmm. as much as heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. It was really trying to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think the movie didn't wouldn't want to think about that. Right. Rather than attempt, attempting like the, to... There's, there's no possibility yeah. that there's a queering happening yeah. here. Um, but I think I think there could... I think you could have taken the same script and queered it up a lot. Yeah. Um, but we didn't. We didn't get that. <sighs> I feel bad when we watch things yeah. that we don't... <laughs> it's uh, so hard to make films, and so I is. don't want to... Like, it's easier every... to criticize when you don't know the people involved. Yes, also, and, so... and every film is a freaking miracle. The fact that any movie gets made ever... Yeah is impossible well and let's talk about we have a woman writer a woman director i think a woman director um and you know two huge stars stars. you have amy ryan as the network exec um like who didn't have a lot to work with no no which again could have been this commentary of like women in power Uh how do they treat other women And, and that kind of like but never really felt like and it, it said anything there. It did feel to me, however, that um, Catherine Newberry was a lean-out type <laughs> of exec. Um, so I, I appreciated that, yeah. um, minus like the cruelty involved, mm-hmm. um, but that she had gotten where she was uh, leaning out. Yeah. I did, I did note, I'm just looking at my notes again, uh, still not a lot of women in the show, in the movie. Yeah, except for that, because you have except, this, yeah. the ten male writers, yeah. white male, mostly indistinguishable. That's <laughs> like, uh, so funny. <laughs> you missed a whole subplot. <laughs> like, I thought it was the same plot. <laughs> I, I don't know who these dudes are. They weren't wearing name tags or their numbers on T-shirts. That would have yeah. been way helpful. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, for me to remember numbers as names. It's like. Um, what was that sci-fi show where they went by? Dark Matter. Yeah, I love Dark Matter. <laughs> Could never remember which <laughs> Who was number. Which number? <laughs> Who was which number? Oh, it is hard for me to remember that. Um, but yeah, even like, and some of that was like, well, there's not a lot of women in it because it's sort of centered on this writing room that is intentionally an all-male space, intentionally on the part of the screenwriter. But like, it's like, yeah, there's just not a lot of women in it for being a a woman produced directed written starring vehicle not that it has to be okay the director is a woman okay she is a woman good glad we confirmed that um so yeah that was interesting um john lithgow did a lot of interesting things in this movie he didn't have much to work with and i thought he did i thought he did a really good job with the very small amount of work he was given um, I think John Lithgow's great. He is. Uh, I've been watching The Crown recently, and he's also really good in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I first started watching The Crown with Lithgow as as Winston Churchill, I was like, "Oh, this is this is a weird." It's weird very choice. weird casting. It's a very weird choice. It, it works. Yeah, he does a good job with it. It, it definitely um, works. Yeah. Uh, the flip side of it being a a, a rom com is the other note I wrote. Was this feels like a low budget indie comedy? Well, but just full at, of famous people. Yeah, it, it premiered at Sundance. <laughs> okay, so, so that's, that's not unlike that. But I, I don't, I don't mean that as a compliment. That it felt like a sort of low budget indie comedy. Yeah. Um. Like I think I, I was kind of comparing it in my head to um, 
Don't Think, Think Fast. Mike Birbiglia's second film. The improv the comedy? The improv comedy movie. I don't remember what it's called, but it was, they were like a upright yeah, Upright Citizens Brigade sort of group. funneling into SNL yeah. sort of um, story. I was reminded of that, but there was, in part because of like thematically it's dealing with like sort of this transition to, to TV and comedy and all that sort of stuff. Um, but Don't Think Twice, that's the name of it. Don't Think Twice, I think it's the name of it, now I'm doubting myself. I'm thinking twice about Don't Think Twice. <laughs> um, Don't Think Twice is what, I, what I'm going to call it. Was was kind of shaggy around the edges mm-hmm. like it was fun to watch and it it was not super tightly structured by any means this reminded me of that in that same structure but when you put someone like emma thompson in a film and you have this sort of big push behind it it feels weirder to have that shaggy dog story because don't think twice a was about improv comedy that is the correct title I nailed it um, is about improv comedy and improv comedy itself is sort of shaggy so there's like a thematic resonance there as well um, but I could feel like the cast of Don't Think Twice was having a great time working on it together. Yes. And that carried it through some of the, the more stumbly bits. Yes. I don't know if anybody liked making this movie. That's fair. It doesn't come across that way, at least. That's In fair. the same way that Don't Think Twice really came across as like, these people feel like they like working together. They're having fun with it. Um... And maybe they were having a blast on set. I don't know, but that didn't come across in any interesting ways to me on screen. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I mean when I say it. it's like, it feels like this sort of indie comedy, but with famous people. Well, that certainly <laughs> helps when it, I, you, me think of not really liking any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Not sure any of the characters liked each other. Or that the cast was having much fun. Yeah. It didn't feel like they were having fun. And that is, that's not necessary for a movie, but, like, I don't know if this was supposed to be a comedy or not. Mm. Like, I think it thought it was a comedy. It was certainly sold as a comedy. Like, you watch yeah. the trailers, it seems like it's going to be funny. It wasn't funny, and I was I was trying to figure out, like, is that on purpose or not? Mm. Which is sort of what led me down the path of, like, well, it's something that's like a comedy, but not a comedy. That was the rom-com, which has these sort of more strong, dramatic moments that a lot of straight comedies don't have yeah straightforward not like straight like heterosexual comedies yeah yeah um oh, take I, emotions i do i know another thing i like what's another thing you like uh molly since she has no experience as mm-hmm. a comedy writer mm-hmm. very very little yeah so she goes about uh first uh deconstructing <laughs> the show and previous comedy sets that Catherine yes. has done <laughs> Which was very dramaturgical <laughs> and reminds me a lot of how I work when I'm doing something mm-hmm. that I haven't done before. I go see how other people have done it and break it down into its structure and yeah. how this is how Yeah, it her goes. watching the old stand up sets was really interesting mm-hmm. and and it was a nice moment to sort of convey all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I liked that uh, that uh, um, working plan mm-hmm. strategy. Yeah. yeah. Did we reach the end? We're close. Um, yeah, I had the question, like, how did she survive this long, Catherine, in yeah. late night? Like, How did... I just want to know, how did she get her start? Yeah! <laughs> because it seems like such an impossible feat for late night. <laughs> As evidenced TV. by the world we live in. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying to other things I liked. Uh, I like the guy's mustache. The guy with the mustache. Yeah. He had a good mustache. That was a good mustache. He didn't have any romantic interactions with Mindy Kaling. He did not. Because I would have recognized, hey, this guy's got a mustache. He has a mustache. <laughs> he was a little bit older yeah. than many of the other writers. Yeah. yeah it, feels, it feels like maybe this movie fell apart in editing. That's what it kind of felt. Like, something behind the scenes got removed. Yeah. That was... Like changed or... Or tweaked. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe this is exactly the movie they wanted to make, but I I wanted more from it. Do you have other thoughts? Um, that was all the brief notes that I yeah. uh, have written down. Yeah. I like Mindy Kaling as a manic pixie dream girl. You like her like that? No, I oh. like that thought. I was proud of me for Oh, me okay. I was like... <laughs> No, I didn't, I didn't like enjoy it. I, that's why Manic Picture Dream Girl is usually used as a derogatory term when talking about that character type. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry, film. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, film. We failed you by not liking you enough? Yeah. I don't know. Or you failed us. Something. Yeah. Aw. Okay. It's hard. We, we try not to... We don't want to be hard on movies. No. <laughs> We like movies. We want movies to be good. We do. Because that's a lot more fun. Yeah, good movies are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got. I think that's it. Okay. We're going to call it a night. <laughs> Say good night, Amy. Good night, Amy.